this special Community Watch and Comment, the On the Ground edition on WPFW Pacifica Radio. I'm Esther Averam. Today, voices from the 10th anniversary of the Sunday Kind of Love Poetry Series held December 20th, 2015 at Busboys and Poets in D.C. Like WPFW's Sunday Kind of Love music program, the poetry series takes its name from the popular 1940s jazz standard. The poetry program is sponsored by Split This Rock Poems of Provocation and Witness, which evolved from D.C. Poets Against the War. It begins with Executive Director of Split This Rock, Sarah Browning, talking about the beginnings of D.C. Poets Against the War. response from audiences and from poets was quite phenomenal. All of us were being told at the time, those of you who are old enough to remember, <laughs> um, you know, that we were traitors, basically, by opposing the U.S. invasion of Iraq, which, you know, there's no consolation in having been wrong, excuse me, in having been right in our assessment that it was not just immoral and illegal, but it was going to cause a devastation of that country and long-term devastation of the region, and that's exactly what it has done. And as I say, there's no consolation in having been right. Um, yeah. It's a horror. And... Happily, the poets have continued to speak out through all these years. And in those early years of DC Poets Against the War, hi, welcome. Uh, in 2006, I was giving a reading and I was approached by a woman named Tony who was, told me about this new place that was going to open up. And I'm sorry, it was 2005. And she said, it's really big and it's going to be open a lot. And it's designed for activists and artists. And I was like, what? Are you kidding? Yeah, she said, and do you want to do regular programming there? And I said, what? Are you kidding me? Because one of the hardest things in DC is finding a venue. So we'd been in church basements. We love the Unitarians. Uh, we'd been in... Um, the horrible function rooms in the basement of the MLK library. We don't love Mies van der Rohe. Um, and we, you know, we were just always struggling to find a place to hold readings. In September, and we started the series actually in January of 2006. Uh, we're having this celebration this month because, as I said, Amutanabe Street starts here project is going to be January, March, uh, February, and March. Um, so, 10 years. And in that time, um, not only, usually the series has two featured poets plus an open mic, but we've also celebrated um, anthologies that have come out over those years with group readings, including Full Moon on K Street, DC Poems, the Bloomsbury Anthology of Contemporary Jewish American Poets, Ringing Ear, Kaveh Kanem Poets Lean South, Persistent Voices, Poetry by Writers Lost to AIDS, 
Flicker and Spark, LGBT Poets, Collective Brightness, LGBTIQ Poets on Faith, Religion, and Spirituality, Milk and Honey, a celebration of lesbian Jewish poetry. We're very queer. Yeah. And many more. We've also partnered with a whole bunch of organizations that have made um, some of the programming possible, and I just want to shout some of them out quickly, especially Letras Latinas, the Literary Arts Program of the Institute of Latino Studies at Notre Dame University. Also, Beltway Poetry Quarterly, the Goethe Institute, Kundiman, Cave Canem, Furious Flower, Fall for the Book, and many more. Poets who've read in the series have gone on to win the Pulitzer Prize, the MacArthur Genius Award, the National Book Award, the Kate Tufts Discovery Award, several Whiting Awards, and many others, and to be the inaugural poet at the second Obama inauguration. In fact, Richard Blanco has read twice. He, was, he read the second month of the series on this stage when just his first book had come out. And that's what, part of what is um, so exciting to me about the series is how um, poets at all stages of their careers and all styles have been a part of it. Um, and more importantly, the series, like Split This Rock Poetry Festival itself, for me, it stands for what is powerful and necessary in American poetry today. The kind of gorgeous, vibrant diversity of all kinds that reflects the radical diversity of the United States. That's right. Also, a welcoming spirit, a fierce dedication to poetry as a force for love, a force for challenge and hope in our beautiful, but broken world. So I'm going to start the poetry off with a poem that I wrote two weeks after Busboys and Poets opened. And quite logically, it is called Praise Song for Busboys and Poets. And it's dedicated to Andy Shalal and all of the staff here at Busboys and Poets. Can we give a big round of applause to Andy and all of Busboys? Praise song for busboys and poets. Bring laptops, bring sweatshirts, bring dreadlocks, bring sweethearts, poems, birthday parties for moms named Shirley. Bring every self you ever hoped would be treasured and fed hummus and Godiva cappuccinos by cute boys half your age. Andy might hug you, or tease you, or both. Tell star-struck tales of our princes, Jim Hightower, Cornell West, Ralph Nader, plotting the revolution over delirium tremens at the bar last night. Code pinks having poet pizza in one corner. Techies for fair housing are off writing their HTML of love in another. I don't think that group exists. I think I made that up, but techies out there, you all should start it. <laughs> Rigoberta Menchu gazes down on all our motley motley from the wall of Langston's own room, and we breathe with each poem we write and each poet we love the hope 
of Langston Hughes himself as we, with our bodies here together, conjure America. Here at 14th and V Northwest in Washington, D.C., at the opening of this century of fear, here at the nexus of changing and all that we've lost, we are calling ourselves America home. when each poet read in the series. So, Liz is uh, read in a special Letras Latinas program of poets who are writing ekphrastic poetry, which means in response to another art form, in this case it was visual art, and as a part of another Letras Latinas sponsored show later that year, I'm also very honored and privileged to call, why didn't I introduce you earlier? Damn! I'm very honored and privileged to Call Liz, my colleague. She is the head coach of the DCU Slam Team, award-winning, and um, a spectacular performer and poet. I give you Elizabeth Acevedo. What's up, y'all? All right? Great. Um, thank you so much, Sarah, for allowing me to perform here. I'm so excited. Every single time I've done a Sunday Kind of Love, it's been a remarkable room and space, and so thank you for having me. I'm going to do two really short pieces. Um, this first one was written at the Cave Canem retreat this past summer. Uh, I attended the George Washington University. That's why I came to D.C., and it was a really interesting um, culture shock, to say the least. Mommy came to this country as a nanny. And around the same time, she tells me I can't walk the house wearing only panties anymore. She teaches me how to hand wash them in the sink, tisking that washing machines don't launder as well as a good knuckling. She drops soap on the crotch, folds the fabric on itself, and shows me how one end pulls the stain of the other. Detergent and fabric and hands against hands making the seemingly most dirty material clean again. No menstrual cycle ever made me more woman in mommy's eyes than this learning how to wash my own ass. This turning of the shower rod into a garland of intimates. This memory tightens my fist that first week of freshman year when Katie Kerr's mother, who has a throat made for real pearls, points her unsoftened mouth at me, letting loose the sully words you better take care of Katie. She's always had help. And I have to blink and blink, but leave unmentioned how my hands have learned to care for things like her. I worked at an adjudicated youth center here in Washington, D.C. in Northeast. I taught poetry for a year and a half to young women there and um, this poem is dedicated to them. When the girl at the adjudicated youth center asks you again, why we gotta write these damn poems anyways? Hold back the army knife of your tongue. This is not a place to create more bruises. Teaching creative writing is like convincing skin to graft itself after being wounded. You should not teach 
and harm. They must be mutually exclusive. Remember, these are black and brown girls in America. There is hurt here, inherited or otherwise, and trauma is a tapeworm growing in the gut until it gets so big, you have to reach into your throat and pull it out from between your smile. Remember, teaching is not an automatic pass to calling yourself an activist. Remember, teaching is not community service. Remember, teaching is not about saving lives. We are all working on our own mosaic of eight. So when the girl at the detention center asks you again, why we gotta write these damn poems anyways? Tell her to remind ourselves we are still here and to remind ourselves we can still heal. Thank you. I want to invite everybody to stick around at the end of the reading. We're going to have a beautiful cake that's here, donated by Gerardo's Crumbs. Chris, wave to the lovely people. It is a beautiful cake, and you're going to see it, and you're going to eat it. Um, we are also going to have a champagne toast at the end of the program, donated by Bus Boys and Poets. So, and then we're going to party. So we have the room till eight. Yeah, we're gonna end at seven, we hope, but then we're gonna party till eight, so stick around. And also we're going to um, have more piano loveliness from H. Adriel, who was playing earlier, so let's thank him. All right. Our next poet, I'm really thrilled to say, Tim and West, read in a gay pride celebration of Sunday Kind of Love in June of 2006. That's right, the very first year of the series. He's the managing director of the LGBTQ initiative at Teach for America, and Split This Rock is very proud to have partnered with him in that um, great work. So, Tim and West. So, uh, I also have the privilege of featuring here on Tuesday, if you care to hear more. A, a larger, longer set. I'm in ATL now, so it's nice to be back in D.C. Wet. I'd like to become more wet again. Boys are raised to be concrete, poured soft, they harden where earth would have softened them. But time being faster than boys' feet can race, chases them into being men. Erect like monuments, these towers of Babel, these tragic phallic fallacies confuse the language of love with the language of power. So sun, wind, rain, and the elements like tears that don't get released almost always leave these buildings formed of stubborn impatience and domination broken. All hardened things eventually break. I want to raise a peace flag, place it on my pole, surrender this hardness that has killed me to protect me, become soft again, like in the womb, wet. Yeah. Um, he was the son of a black man coming undone. Running from the shadow, running like a river, run. I think I can, I think I can. I think I can, I think I can. I think I can, I think I can. Pretend to be a man. 
I knew the world would worry me the day I turned 16. I had mastered sewing my shoelaces, had solved how to scribble into silences with soft lead pencil. My mental was on some vegetarian shit. Carnivorous shifts, surrender like Bruce Lee so there'd be no meat for me, at least momentarily, just variable veggies cleansing my inside from the choking my heart kept doing, blood bouncing in all the wrong directions, healthy, handsome, and corn-fed, I believed myself to be sick. You see, 16 is never supposed to be sweet for boys. Just noise and boys and talented tenth vents. Just repents for retorting what don't make sense. Just sour tongues for all the hardened demands of masculinity reprimands for male. Just the foreshadowing of AOL gendering, hindering, you got male. Not yet a man were they in the rights that boys had no rights to write. Etch our truths and tears in the tree bark is art. Have the sun, stars, and horizon be an audience and sing 16 to the sweat splashes sticky like molasses or like lotion commotion on some ashy asses. You see, the memory of 16 has always slipped from me. Erased any memory of those suicidal considerations or those elbow shoves to express boy-to-boy love. No sleepovers like the girls celebrating 16. No congrats for the difference a year can make for a 15-year-old filling follicles of mustache forced through the valley just above the lip that slips and says, 16, too early, forgotten, nothing noteworthy, not for a boy. 16 skipped like a stale biscuit. 16 buried to begin life a man. No option to shine like the son of a black man coming undone. Running from the shadow, running like a river, run. I think I can, I think I can. I think I can, I think I can. I think I can, I think I can. Pretend to be a man. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. West, everybody. Woo. Come back on Tuesday. We'll be featuring right here in the Langston Room. All right, our next poet. It's my very great pleasure to introduce Susan Scheid. Sue is a board member of Split This Rock. She's an incredibly hardworking board member. She is like the heart of Split This Rock. She walks around with the heart. Uh, she's also a very fine poet. And we have poetry books for sale here on the table here. Uh, many poets have donated copies of their books that they've signed, and you can buy them and because they make great gifts. Yes, they do, and they also make great gifts to yourself. And they're an ancient art form. Only an ancient art form! Exactly. So, um, when we're done with the poetry, come on up and buy some books. Stuff them in stockings, take them to bed with you, fall in love. I give you Sushide! Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, everybody, for being here tonight. And happy birthday, Sunday Kind of Love. So it's really hard to figure out what you could read in three minutes that would really sort of encapsulate the spirit of this reading series. And I decided for me that, um, first of all, it was a really safe space to explore poetry and talk about things that people maybe didn't want to talk about. Uh, Sunday Kind of Love was the first open mic I ever did where I stood up in front of strangers and read something straight from my heart. So this first poem um, really is about 
the safe space that we create here to have those hard conversations. And it's called A Day in the Life. He could be a typical boy of 12 or 13, wearing jeans, a baggy t-shirt, sneakers whose laces are too long. He probably likes to play soccer, hang with his friends, think about girls. He could be a typical boy, but this is Juarez, a city at war with itself. There are no typical boys here. He should study algebra, chemistry, Mexican history. Instead, every day is a study in the poetry of grief. He might be the boy who comes home from school to find his favorite uncle's head planted on a stake in the yard. The body of a brother, bloodied, bruised, just across the threshold. Every day here is the day of the dead. Shrines and altars replaced with chalk outlines. Decapitated bodies left in place where the last breath had fled. Is there a name for this kind of survival? A name for the children who no longer sleep too afraid of the nightmares. For the lucky ones who cross borders seeking a safe haven. A name for the trauma that never goes away even as the blood fades from the floor of memory. Even in this new house where bienvenidos is more than a word and where there is never time enough to forget. Thank you. So Sunday Kind of Love and Split This Rock create this safe place where we have these conversations, but for me the other thing they do is they create a community. And, uh, and I think about how many people are in this room that I met through Split This Rock, who are now very dear friends of mine. And through the community that we create together and the voices that we join together, I feel that we also offer hope to the world. And so that's what I try to offer in this next poem, which is entitled Buddha. Buddha said, unattach. When suffering comes, touch the earth, connect to the root of all roots. And when suffering finds you, be not the archer, nor the arrow, be the air, which parts and reunites. Only air understands this movement and forgives. Thank you very much. Shide, Susan Shide, the book is for sale. Buy it. It has beautiful paintings by her sister, Skeeter. You don't want to miss it. So, our next poet. It's really exciting for me to have her here today because Esther Ibarum kicked off Sunday Kind of Love in January 2006. The very, very first reading. Uh, because we're always the third Sunday of the month, we're always MLK weekend. And that is very extra special to be here and commemorate the 
civil rights movement, um, and all our movements for justice as we do every day at Sunday, at Sunday Kind of Love, every month and every day at Split This Rock. Esther is also, um, she also read again in January of 2012, and she's reading tonight, so she's got like a cycle. So, you know, in three years we'll have you back. She's also a visual artist and an activist. She produces and hosts the radio show On the Ground, Thursdays at 11 at WPFW, so check it out. Her book is Living in Babylon, most recent book, and she was indeed a founding member of both DC Poets Against the War and Split This Rock. I give you Esther Ivaram. Laquan McDonald, say his name. Sandra Bryan, say her name. Eric Garner, say his name. Natasha McKenna, say her name. Freddie Gray, say his name. Miriam Carey, say her name. Trayvon Martin, say his name. Rakia Boyd, say her name. No blood on our hands or heart. The Black Lives Matter edition, part one. My heart is not for sale, even here in American twilight, even in crosshairs of drones, mercenaries, soldiers, or cops. Forced to choose between the home and health, these gray jackals are bold with no stealth, ripping through my scraps of light. But we intend to stand and fight because our hearts are not for sale. Capitol Hill's for sale, the White House is for sale, the NRC, the SEC, the Pentagon, CIA, FBI, NYPD, PPD, BPD, LAPD, military, mercenaries, and contractors, blood-splattered benefactors of insane war on us without end, while character actors on Capitol Hill are for sale, the White House is for sale, the BP watchers and buyers, the AAA credit score liars, the K Street accountants, lawyers, lobbyists, and Fox News hires, not to mention police who fire on Tyria Square, Walter Scott, and on Wall Street occupiers. We can't live without water, yet they have sold what we drink to oil drillers, gas drillers, and frackers who are killing us more than any terrorist attacker. Sold our air to coal diggers, giving our tax dollars to bankers and bombers, missiles and tanks to kill a child, husband, or wife for more than two million Iraqis dispatched to the next life. Dispatched to the next life to rise again and catch that red-eye, transatlantic current to the U.S. along with thousands from Chile, two million from Cambodia, six million from the Congo. We want to export something other than war. We want to build something that does not kill. In our new world, peace be still. No more dollars to kill a child, husband, or wife. Blood and roses for Tamir Rice's life. No blood on my hands or heart. We won't be quiet. Let's start. Two. Who is the terrorist? Who is the torturer? Who is the rapist? Who is the criminal? Who is the thug? Whose police kill the child? Whose drones kill with stealth? Whose bankers steal the wealth and our health while we obsess over what? Fantasy football, five gaps, and who has a fake butt? <laughs> How many wars of roaring beasts over land and oil? How many Congo hands cut off for rubber? How many Congo women split in two for coltan? How many wars for slaves, arms sales, gold and diamonds? Now and forever, my heart is not for sale. 
I want a no-fly zone over air and water, a no-fly zone over Gaza, no slaughter, a no-fly zone over my womb and vagina, a no-fly zone over home, school, and health, goods not for just the 1% redistribute the wealth. Listen, you planet vampires, you fake masters of the universe. Nobody's walking into your fourth right, and our hearts are not for sale. We will export something other than war. We will build something that does not kill. In our new world, peace be still. No more dollars to kill a child, husband or wife. Bread and roses for Ayanna Jones's snuffed out life. No blood on our hands or heart. We won't be quiet. Let's start. Esther Iveron, let's give it up. All right, let's give it up for our first four poets. You're listening to a special presentation of Community Watch and Comet, the On the Ground edition on 89.3 WPFW Pacifica Radio in Washington, D.C. The 10th anniversary of the Sunday Kind of Love poetry series held December 20th, 2015 at Bus Boys and Poets in D.C. I'm Esther Iveron. We'll be right back. Our next host is one of the co-founders of Split This Rock. She lives in Ithaca, New York now, and so we are so privileged that she came back uh, to D.C. to help us celebrate 10 years of Sunday Kind of Love. I think I recognize the bald pate of Andy Shalal. Yes, I do. Can we give a big, huge Sunday Kind of Love thank you to Andy Shalal? Not only has Andy um, b- built this beautiful space and five others for our words, for our activism throughout D.C., but he's been a stalwart supporter of Split This Rock from the beginning. Split This Rock would not exist without the support of Andy Shalal and Busboys and Poets. I can say that unequivocally. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. All right, so Melissa Tucky, not only is she a co-founder of Split This Rock and a former co-director with me, she is the coordinator of the Eco-Justice Poetry Project of Split This Rock, which is going to be a really stunning anthology called Ghost Fishing that is forthcoming from the University of Georgia Press at the end of next year. But as a teaser, Poetry Magazine only the most prestigious poetry journal in the country, is publishing an excerpt from that anthology, a special eco-justice issue next month, January, that Melissa co-edited and wrote the introduction for. I'm so excited to give you Melissa Tucky! 
quarter. All right, how's everybody doing? Beautiful night. Uh, I want to start out um, with a huge uh, thank you to Sarah Browning. It takes a lot of guts to create these beautiful, this beautiful community um, in the Sunday kind of love, DC Poets Against the War, uh, Split This Rock, etc. Um, and I know my life is so much, so much more complex and uh, beautiful as a result of knowing Sarah. So let's hear it for Sarah. And for all of you looking around this room, uh, it's just so amazing to my heart to be part of this. I feel really lucky um, to be in this space and very honored to introduce the next five poets, all of whom I admire so deeply. The first poet I want to call up to the stage is Ailish Hopper. Who is uh, in February of 2015? She featured at Split This Rock with her new book, Dark Sky Society, which is an amazing book. Um, it's on the list of 2015 poetry books we love for Split This Rock. And let's give a huge hand to welcome up Ailish Hopper. Hey, DC. Hey. Greetings from Baltimore. Um, so much truth already in this room, and it's all in my mind, so I, you know, let me clear out a space for this poem. But um, gratitude to Split This Rock and all other spaces for truth in this world that wants to kind of squelch that yeah. or make money off it. I don't really know what this poem is about. Maybe you can help me. This is called, Did It Ever Occur to You That Maybe You're Falling in Love? We buried the problem. We planted a tree over the problem. We apologized for the problem. We regretted our actions towards the problem. We declined to comment on the problem. We carved a memorial to the problem, dedicated it, but forgot our handkerchiefs. We removed all unnatural ingredients from the problem, handcrafted a locally grown tincture, but nobody bought it. We bleached and deodorized the problem. We built a wall around the problem, tagged it with pictures of children, birds, and trees. We renamed the problem and denounced everyone who used the old name. We wrote a law for the problem, but it died in committee. We Drove the problem out with loud noises from homemade instruments. We marched, leafleted, sang hymns. We linked arms with the problem, got dragged to, to jail, got spat on by the problem, let out. We elected an official who finally gets the problem. We raised an army to question the problem. They went door to door but could never ID. We made www.problem.com. So you can find out about the problem. We made www.problem.org so you can help. We created 1-800-PROBLEM so you could report on the problem. And 1-900-PROBLEM so you could be the only deity that really 
turns that problem on. We <laughs> rolled the wheels off of that problem. We rocked the out of that problem. We yeah. amplified the problem, turned it on up, and blew it out. We drank to forget the problem. We inhaled the problem, exhaled the problem, crushed its ember under our shoe. We titled the problem, took out all the conjunctions and verbs, called it experimental problem. <laughs> we shot the problem, put it out of its misery. We swallowed daily problem pills, followed a problem fast, drank problem tea. We read daily problem horoscopes, had our problem poems read by a seer. We burned problem incense. We formed a problem task force. We got a problem degree. We got on the problem tenure track. Got a problem retirement plan. We got it and renovated the problem, D.C. We got it and renovated the problem. We got on the neighborhood problem development core. We listened and communicated with the problem. We the problem all night with up to an empty bed. We carefully looked for the problem, but a flashlight died. We had dreams about the problem, in which we no longer recognized ourselves. We reformed. We transformed. We turned over a new leaf. We turned a corner, found ourselves near a scent that somehow reminded us of the problem in ways we could never quite put into words. That little, I can't explain it, that makes it so hard to think and feels like a siren inside. Thank you. At Nizer Moreno, poet and translator, a huge gift to our community, author of the most recent, her first book, Grip, which is here for sale. And she read that book in Sunday Kind of Love. Let's give Yvette a huge welcome. Thank you. Music, unlike poetry, is a direct expression of the soul, said my father, as if this were a given fact. Maybe he was right, after all. I know I stumble, trying to fit the words inside me into the curves of A, the stem of L. But sometimes I feel the words well up in the narrow space between spine and ribs, and that's the deepest me, rising from complete chaos. You know some of us live at a slant, arms up and knees bent, waiting for vibration or fever, something to shake loose the soul, let it spill over the edges of the page. Thank you, beautiful people. So this next poem uh, I'm debuting here tonight in honor of the 10th anniversary of Sunday Kind of Love. Um, this is a poem about the, that I wrote during the war in Gaza in the summer of 2014. Um, and it's called Dayenu. So um, Dayenu is the name of a, a Jewish song that we sing on uh, the holiday of Passover. It means um, it would have been enough for us. And uh, in this song, 
we, uh, it's a joyous song in which we're basically thanking God for um, rescuing us from Egypt, from where we were slaves, and then, um, and then for each thing that God did, we say, if, only, if he had only brought us out of Egypt, that would have been enough. But not only that, but he did more, and he gave us the Torah, and he gave us the Sabbath, and, and then he brought us into the land of Israel, and so that God is a generous God, and we say, it would have been enough. Just this, but okay. So this poem is called Dayenu, so I've kind of, I've brought it into the 20, 20th century, 21st century, and kind of flipped it around. Dayenu. Had God taken us out of Europe alive, it would have been enough. Had he taken us out of Europe alive and brought us into the land of Israel, it would have been enough. Had we entered the land of Israel and revived the Hebrew language, carving its letters on ruins and gravestones, renaming cities and villages, it would have been enough. Had we renamed cities and villages while Arabic was covered in dust, it would have been enough. Had we occupied the West Bank and Gaza, but not shut off the borders, it would have been enough. Had we shut off all the borders, but not built a separation wall. Had we built a separation wall, but not trapped Gazans in a strip, it would have been enough. Had we trapped Gazans in a strip, but not destroyed their homes, it would have been enough. Had we destroyed their homes, but not killed their children, it would have been enough. Surely, it would have been enough. Our next poet is another DC treasure and internationally acclaimed poet, Luis Alberto Ambrosio. Ambrosio um, has read here several times in 2009 and 2012. Um, his most recent book is We Are All Whitman. Let's give a huge welcome to Luis Alberto Ambrosio. Thank you. Are you ready for some Spanish accent? Yeah. Okay, great. Well, when I came to the U.S. long time ago, the slogan, let's make love, not war. So uh, I love that. And uh, I discovered in Walt Whitman that he used a number of Spanish words. One of them was libertad, liberty. The other one was the one that is based on uh, this poem. It's called basta, which means enough, what Yvette, Yvette was saying. Anyways, uh, this poem was translated by Brett uh, Sanders, and it, the bilingual version of uh, We Are All Women is going to be published next year by University of Houston, uh, Arte Publico Press. Okay. Poetry, the title of the poem is Enough, Basta. Poetry might never have seen the categorical word, basta, but it's in its charged belligerence of emotions and its profound determination, I admire it. Enough, basta. On appellable personal decree, that's the last of injustice, that grave which enchains us like stone and impedes our following the edicts of our own dreams of freedom, 
libertad, liberty of innocent beginnings rather than becoming skeletons of customary dictators bound to the same joke that denies us a drink, the joy of sand, life that endures the people's dignity. Enough, basta, of the severity that breathes no tenderness from our native wealth, from the jungle of our dreams, from the pure air. I declare that I belong to myself. Maternal humanity possesses me, and I belong to humanity, and not to creeds, commands, or disciplines that shouts blessings of curses with the gift of language and other disguises of imperious light or of threats, of wars, of many other evils. Misfortunes celebrate me. Dung, manure, root, sprout, and seed. My master is the land. Hierarchies repudiate me, as I also repudiate them. Enough. A, limitle, a limitless enough. Basta. I talk with a force that replenished me, poetry, with its supreme power. Enough. Basta. Our next poet is Mary Sherman Willis. Mary Sherman Willis, another poet uh, who I'm very honored to introduce up here. Her most recent book is Graffiti Calculus, a um, beautiful book. Let's give a huge welcome to Mary Sherman Willis. We're one day away from the solstice, which is a, um, a moment to take stock. And so this was an opportunity to take stock not only of um, our lives, but also of what it was like before Busboys and Poets and what it was like before SKL, which we're celebrating today, and what it was like before Sarah Browning made this event and this movement in Washington where poetry can at last mean something in Washington. So I was thinking about taking stock and I thought about a poem in which I was taking stock of myself as a, a parent. Uh, and so this poem is set back in the 20th century. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> And um, it's called Marijuana at 40. <laughs> it was also occasioned by uh, an item on a Christmas list for uh, someone, a vape. Uh, not for tobacco, so new technology. <clears throat> we come to the end of an early dinner with friends. Fueled with excellent Saint-Emilion, the host's pride, 
more in the cellar, and the hostess's steak Dijon. Our children fed our sunrooms away, playing. Reassured, our hostess produces a joint, surprising us all, even the host. <laughs> but we waste no time in lighting up. Ah, that old weedy taste, the punch in the lungs, held and laughingly coughed out. The ritual circles the table and its silky patina, the heavy silver, the crystals, pleasant ching. Ten years it's been since we've had this kind of self-reunion with what was before then, routine, mundane communion, ceremony of nothing vested, our bodies, playgrounds in which we tested anything so long as it was together, our language, okay, somewhat impoverished, oh wow, far out, and yet, what innuendos. Our sanity, lucky to have survived the mind-bashing thrill of self-debility, as our friends in rehab remind us. When did we become so straight? I don't remember a decision to get clean except by process of elimination, even caffeine's too radical. Decaf, Darjeeling, please. We hoard what wits we're left for fin de siècle America, the ascetic plod up a crumbling hill. No time to squander getting wrecked. But now, here, oh, my head swims, unmoored, notional, useless as fins in ether. Burr, adrenaline fizzes in my veins, a glacier under the skin that makes me shiver. Then there's the furtive way we're whispering, giggling, glancing towards the door as if, get this, we're afraid of being caught. And we're supposed to be the grown-ups, right? Another thing I keep forgetting. So I'm up and off to check on the kids, reverting, when in doubt, to mother. In doubt because... En route, I wonder, will my face appear as skewed to them as our faces, as our parents' faces did to us in those suspended moments of the cocktail hour? The children, when I find them, are in a trance of play, synchronous, oddly silent, oblivious of me. Entranced myself, I watch them in a game of pizza parlor. One, the owner on the phone, another, the baker, pats a disc of dough to twirl. A third, the customer, who instructs the waiter, all as solemn and important as any grown-up enterprise. And now that I'm invisible, I roam in search of you. Honey, when the children finish playing, can you get us home?
pick up Mary Sherman Willis's book in the bookstore here, Graffiti Calculus. The next poet I am honored to introduce is David Ebenbach, who will be featuring in September to launch his gorgeous new book. This past September, thank you, we were the people who moved. Let's give a warm welcome to D David Ebenbach. Thank you, and uh, thanks to Split This Rock and Sunday Kind of Love, I'm honored to be here and to be among these poets, none of whom do you really want to have to follow, um, but it's great to be among them. Um, and I was thinking, when I was sitting there, I think the amazing thing about this reading is how ready everybody in this room is to love stuff. You know, how in a culture where people are kind of afraid to love, I think. Um, so... What scares me, though, actually, is the people on the stage get to see what poetry looks like from behind. <laughs> I'm a little nervous about that. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to read... Uh, I'm going to read two poems. One of them is one that I read in the September reading, and the other one is one I don't think I've read anyplace. Uh, this first one's called, I Don't Have to Be Right for You to Be Wrong. I'm going to write a book on religious intolerance, a how-to. It's going to have thought exercises, like, isn't your neighbor's God pretty much hilarious? And role-playing scenarios like practice smiting, or at least rolling your eyes when anyone else starts talking. Plus maybe some lists of what everybody else is dumb as about. I mean, that's your afterlife? thousands of years and that's your story <laughs> I'm going to recommend focused meditation where people accept duality maybe a chapter on seeing things, things from the other guy's point of view and laughing about it of course a lot of that is filler but nobody's going to buy a book that just says keep up the good work this poem is called City of Peace after the decisive battle, they moved further into the land and came across what first appeared to be a mountain, but was in fact an extraordinary mountainous knot. The knot was so vast that they supposed it would take them two days to march around it. So they camped there at its foot to decide what they ought to do next and endured a night that was utterly dark yet filled with the uncertain intonations of voices. In the morning, they began their attempts to untie the knot. One of them had suggested that the voices were promising riches or other destinies in the knot's deep interior. It quickly became clear that the rope, as thick as ten men together, was made up of many thinner strands, that each of those strands was knotted to others, that indeed there were countless thousands of knots at the heart of this one mountainous knot. They started to work in earnest, all of them picking and grasping and in fact tearing at it. They continued into the night with its voices and into the days beyond. This is how their enemies found them and how the battle was engaged once more. 
With one hand they pulled at the knot, and with the other they swung the sword. Their enemies too found themselves caught between a desire for vengeance and a desire to disentangle. Because war never fails utterly, blood was shed. It soaked into the ropes, and as it dried, tightened them, first around hands, then around arms and bodies. By this time, all were quite unable to move. Nonetheless, the fighting found a way to continue, and the knot continued to tighten. Thank you. book, get all of these beautiful books at the bookstore today and tonight. Fill up. It's Christmas. Buy books. <laughs> For everybody. Even if they don't read. <laughs> especially if they don't read. And especially poetry, right? Um, I'm going to read a poem, a love poem that I wrote for my husband, David Phillips. And I'm going to extend that love out to all of you. Um, I have so much love for this community, uh, all of your poems, uh, all of this. You know how someone you love keeps you grounded um, and sane? Uh, I would like to, to say that as a poetry community, you all do that. You're a counterforce against this you know, daily onslaught of terror that we're exposed to, and all of your poems, and all of your hearts, and all of your courage. Um, it, is, it is so, so much the ground. Um, and I mean ground in the best way. So this is um, the mud anniversary. I've started renaming all the anniversaries to what we can afford. <laughs> You know, it's an up-and-coming idea. You can borrow it. Um, the mud anniversary. There are days when I can hardly eat. My world is made of air, of words. I feed on light and music. To be wed is to be grounded, to be earthed. Mud thick and roots. Your hunger keeps me sane. Hands packed in dirt, we plant the first seeds of spring. Renew our vows among the dry winter weed. Rain resplendent, green. We dine on wonder and sleep in leaves. You've been listening to a special presentation from Community Watch and Comment, the On the Ground edition on 89.3 WPFW Pacifica Radio in Washington, D.C., the 10th anniversary of the Sunday Kind of Love poetry series held December 20th, 2015 at Busboys and Poets in D.C. The full anniversary program is posted at our website, onthegroundshow.org. I'm Esther Averam. Thank you for listening. Raise your voice out there.
Peace.